0: Thanks for listening to Open Doors Live with your hosts, Mike Gore and James Cazina. Because of your support, we're able to bring the persecuted church to life. For more information, head over to opendoors.org.au. Here's today's episode.
1: Hello, everybody. It is Mike Gore here in the studio with James Kazina. Happy New Year to each of you. Welcome back to the Open Doors Live podcast. I'm really excited about today's episode because we're talking about the World Watch List. It is the thing that sets our ministry apart. It has been for now, I guess, nearly 25 years, and it's an index ranking of the top 50 places where it's most difficult to follow Jesus. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to talk to you a little bit about how the list is put together, why it's credible, share with you the top 10 countries. But before we do any of that, we've got a lot of brand new listeners to this podcast. And so what I want to do is ask James Kazina, my co-host here, to tell us all a little bit more about the backstory to Open Doors. Uh, Yeah,
2: well, welcome, everybody. Uh, Open Doors was founded by a man named Brother Andrew back in 1955, where he was smuggling Bibles into what was then the Soviet Union, is now Poland. And uh, now we're active in over 70 countries all around the world, serving Christians who follow Jesus in some of the most dangerous and most difficult places to be a Christian. Uh, Brother Andrew was really uh, passionate about this passage of Scripture, that when one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And if one part is honored, that every part should rejoice with it. It's from 1 Corinthians 12, 26. And really, that is the hallmark verse for our ministry. And that epitomizes what we do all around the world. Serve believers and strengthen them. We suffer with them. We pray with them and we rejoice with them. And uh, you might not realize that there are 215 million Christians all around the world persecuted for their faith in Jesus. And that's only in the top 50 countries. That's one in 12 Christians. But Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit more about the World Watch List? So the World Watch
1: List was started around 25 years ago at the fall of the Berlin Wall, believe it or not, in 1989. One of the brothers that works for our ministry, Vibo Nikolai. And for listeners, if you want to hear a bit more about Vibo's story, well, the episode prior to this one is a question and answer with Vibo It talks a lot about the genesis of the World Watch List, but also some of the trends and shifts and changes we're seeing in the ministry at the moment. But jumping back to 89 at the fall of the Berlin Wall, Vibo was working for Open Doors and the CEO at the time asked him to start measuring and finding out some of the, the shifts and changes in persecution off the back of the collapse of the Berlin Wall. And in 1990, he began researching. And then in 1991, the very first World Watch List was released. And as a ministry, what we did was project that the Middle East would become one of the most difficult parts of the world to follow Jesus. For the listeners, bear in mind, this is 10 years before September 11. And for many of us, we know the history with the Middle East now. It's one of conflict and so much difficulty for Christians following Jesus. And so that's where the World Watch List began by a guy called Vivo who still works with our ministry today, is a great friend of mine. And I'll tell you what, this list is something that people all over the world use And James, maybe you can tell us why people choose to use it. Why is it reliable? So that team uh, now is
2: made up of persecution analysts who are experts in this field. Uh, We've got PhD graduates. We've got people that are experts in human rights law, and they work together with agents all around the world to collect the most up-to-date data on what Christian persecution looks like. They collate that data, and from all of the different kinds of persecution, which we'll discuss in a moment, they create a ranking of the top 50 countries where it's most dangerous to follow Jesus. You've got to realize this isn't just an internal list. It's then audited to check for accuracy and consistency. And so this really is the, the best and most accurate list of its kind available. It's really important to note as well, though, that just because a country might not feature in the top 50, it doesn't mean that persecution is absent in that country. In fact, we see uh, extreme examples of persecution outside of the top 50 countries. Uh, Mike, maybe you can tell us, you know, we're talking here a lot about persecution, maybe for people aren't even What does that look like?
1: Yeah, look, it's a a great question in in the sense that so often as I read the Scriptures, the word persecution is prevalent, It's always. You can't sort of avoid it. But as far as a ministry goes, the formal definition of persecution, and I guess the backbone to this World Watch list, is as follows. So Open Doors would say that we define persecution as any hostility experienced as a result of one's identification with Christ. This can include hostile attitudes, words, and actions towards Christians. The definition, it covers not only violence, but also the full range of pressure experienced by Christians as a result of their faith in Jesus. To give you some examples of why Christians are persecuted... It's more often than not associated with a conversion away from a previous religion to Christianity or avoidance of a communist government and conversion to Christianity. Christians, if they make a public declaration of faith, they're often persecuted. And a worst case scenario, if the persecution situation develops further or even just being identified as a Christian, it can result in physical oppression, violence and in some extreme cases, death.
2: Mm. I think the thing that I found particularly interesting uh, about the Ministry of Open Doors, you know, before I worked here, which has been only relatively recently, I was aware to a degree of persecution around the world um, in terms of its violence. You know, you'd see issues of of beheadings and bombings on the news. And I guess I thought I was aware of Christian persecution. Uh, But we uh, monitor two very different kinds of Christian persecution, what we call pressure and violence. And we actually got the chance to see that firsthand when we visited the nation of Vietnam a country where we see very high scores regularly on the world watch list, but not necessarily an overtly violent country against Christians. Uh, And this is where we see this notion of pressure. We measure it in terms of the national life. What does it look like for people to gather in a church or in their community uh, and be a believer in their family life or in their private life? We met a young man who was the first believer in his village of 100 people. And he shared stories, just horrific stories that still come to my mind mind regularly. of of the difficulties he went through. His home virtually destroyed as people hurled boulders down a hill towards his household. They killed animals that were his only source of income to provide for his family. And uh, really this is quite typical of what these countries experience uh, in terms of pressure. But Mike, I think it's really important as well that we don't just throw out uh, this very clear issue of violence against Christians. What does that look like around the world?
1: Yeah, look, just coming back to that our time in Vietnam, which like you, I remember that brother, vividly, but the the idea of pressure being associated with something that people will call civil death, where the pressure of being a Christian in community is so great that people say it's a fate worse than death. You know, so sitting opposite people like this brother who tell you that being rendered to a life of abject poverty, consistent pressure, whether it's being restricted access to education for their children, medical for themselves or the family, and seeing them still follow Jesus in the middle of that. It's one of the most inspiring and heartbreaking things I've ever seen. And so that notion of pressure, I really want the listeners to just grasp the enormity of that. Because too often we only look at violence and we don't realize what it's like to live in a completely pressurized situation of following Christ. But as you said, it's not only pressure, there's violence. And and violence is something that we would say is quite symptomatic in the Middle East and places like Iraq and Syria or Egypt and Pakistan and places like this are where we see a lot of violence. And one of the great ways, I guess, uh, to, to show this to our listeners would be, if you think back over Easter year on year for the last few years, we saw some attacks in Kenya at a Christian university where 148 students were killed at Easter time. And then coming a year later than that, we saw some bombings in Pakistan in Lahore, and then just in 2017, last year, we saw bombings in Egypt. And now, jump forward to Christmas, again, another big Christian celebration. There were, again, uh, bombings across the Middle East with people being killed at a time where they're coming together to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And so that's where we see persecution and violence. And more often than not, it really does ramp up around significant Christian events, whether that be Christmas or or Easter, And so what I want to do now is just take a moment for our wonderful producer Bethany to tell you about something we're doing this Easter that I'm hoping each of you can be involved in because I believe one of the best things we can do is stand one with our brothers and sisters.
0: Wonder why we get so excited about the World Watch List. After all, it's a list of where Christians are suffering the most for their faith. Well, we get excited because this list helps us know what our brothers and sisters are facing all around the world, and it gives us the ability to pray for them. But it can still feel a little overwhelming. That's why we want to let you know that there's something you can do. At Easter, the cost of following Jesus intensifies. Attacks increase as the church gathers. But we believe that we are part of one church, one hope, and one family. That's why this Easter, we're standing one with them. One With Them is a movement of Christians who are working an ordinary day with extraordinary impact. One With Them is asking you to give one day's wage for the persecuted church. It's a bold ask, but we're inspired every day by the persecuted church, and we know that you are too. So for those in Australia wanting to dedicate one day's wage for the persecuted church and to see the church strengthened and the gospel proclaimed, head over to onewiththem.com.au. And for those in New Zealand, go to onewiththem.com.nz. Now back to today's episode.
1: Well, One With Them is probably the most exciting thing I think Open Doors as a ministry here has done in a long time. And so please, my encouragement to you as listeners, if you're able to support this campaign and stand one with them, work for free for the persecuted church for a day, then I really encourage you to jump online and uh, be part of something that I think is going to be a great initiative over the next few years. But without further ado, how about I talk about the 2018 World Watch List? What I'll do is I'll run through the top 10 countries on that list and starting at number one, which I'm sure is no surprise to many of our listeners today, is North Korea with a score of 94 out of 100. In a few moments, I'll ask James Kazina to take us a little bit deeper into places like North Korea. But for now, let's run through the top 10. Number two, Afghanistan, with a score of 93, one point behind North Korea, A extremely significant score and something we'll talk about in just a moment. Number three on the list this year is Somalia, with a score of 91. Number four, Sudan, with a score of 87. And number five, Pakistan with a score of 86. Rounding out of the top 10, at number six, we have Eritrea, a country in the Horn of Africa. At number seven is Libya. At number eight, Iraq. At number nine, Yemen. And number 10, Iran. But now, let me ask James Gzina to take us a little bit deeper into maybe those top two, James. Can you tell us a little bit more about North Korea and Afghanistan?
2: Yeah, as you've said, Mike, North Korea isn't a huge surprise to many of our listeners. It's been number one for 17 years running now. And the thing that's most tragic in my mind about this year's list, though, is that where North Korea was a little bit of an exception in terms of the horrors that were committed against Christians, we now have uh, number two, which is Afghanistan, and is so closely followed in terms of our scoring system uh, compared to North Korea, 0.6 points behind. And uh, Afghanistan is a Muslim majority country. Uh, The Islamic State and the Taliban control over 40% of the country. This is something that's worth noting. You might think that just because these nations are so uh, closely linked in terms of their score on the World Watch List, uh, the way that persecution is acted out in those countries is completely different. Mm. North Korea, we see a complete dictatorship, uh, state rule at the highest level. Uh, Whereas number two, Afghanistan, there's almost the absence of this state rule. We see uh, these factions and complete chaos throughout the country. Even Islamic state, as we mentioned, uh, are quite prevalent in certain parts of Afghanistan. The only local Christians are converts. Uh, This point here is, is so tragic that new Christians are considered to be insane for leaving Islam. They can end up in a psychiatric hospital, be beaten or have their homes destroyed. Back to North Korea though, as I mentioned, number one for the last 17 years. Uh, Last year, the scoring was 92 points out of 100, but this year increased persecution to 94. How could it get any worse? in North Korea. We've seen uh, nuclear tests and sanctions that have just closed down the borders even further on this country. It's made it more difficult for Christians. There's increased scrutiny. Uh, There's a North Korean saying here that whenever two or three are gathered, surely one of them is a spy. We mentioned earlier the bombings in Pakistan. And uh, you know we've got a list here of the top 50 countries where it's difficult to follow Jesus. But number five, Pakistan this year is the most violent country to uh, To be a Christian in Mike uh, we 've talked a lot about he- here about Islamic extremism, but that 's not the only driver of
1: persecution in the world.
2: Would you tell us a little bit more about number eleven, which is India?
1: Yeah, number eleven, India is a country that's close to my heart, and for listeners who are not aware of my backstory is that I was actually born in India, adopted when I was six months old, and grew up here in australia and so there's such a big part of me that is interested in the changing nature of faith in that country and Over the last few years, it has been changing dramatically. So India has climbed from a ranking of number 18 on the World Watch List in 2016 to number 11 this year. That's a big jump when we're talking about changes in faith in that country. A radical Hindu group, RSS, have a self-proclaimed end date for the church in the country of India. So they're saying that by the 31st of December, 2021, they've declared that there'll be no more Christians in the nation of India. The way we're seeing that at the moment is many uh, charitable Christian organizations are being kicked out of that country. We are seeing that there are anti-conversion laws now in six states. If converts refuse to return to Hinduism, they're more often than not physically assaulted, hospitalized, and in extreme cases, even killed. And so violence against Christians in this part of the world is only expected to increase. So for me, it's a a point of great prayer, great concern, and something I'm going to be watching very closely over the coming years.
2: Mm. Now, Nepal is another really interesting country in this year's list. In fact, it didn't feature in 2017 and quite dramatically is now ranked at number 25. The reason I mention it here is that it's the only other Hindu-majority country in the world. Um, Similarly, following what is often referred to as its big brother, India, uh, Nepal has seen a dramatic increase in religious nationalism. Hindu radicals are becoming more active in both pressure and in violence. So uh, that is incredible for a first time feature in the world watch list to appear at number 25 is, is incredible. Now, Mike, we've talked a lot about the way that Open Doors has positioned you know, positioned ourselves as experts in this field of global Christian persecution, certainly in what's happening currently. But you mentioned earlier that Weibo was very strategic way back then in the early 90s in positioning us for future developments in terms of Christian persecution. What do you think we can see is ahead for Christians around the world?
1: Yes, yeah, it's, it's a great question and something that as a ministry, we're always trying to stay true to our calling, and that is serving the persecuted church. And to do that, we tried to be ahead of the curve, try to really project changes and shifts in religious freedoms. And I think one of the biggest and most concerning trends for the listeners of today's podcast, in particular for those of us in Australia, New Zealand, Western countries in particular, is what we're seeing as the emergence of intolerant atheism and a lukewarm church. Very, very... Uh, interesting and its impact on faith is just horrific. Mm. If you think through, especially in Australian culture, so many of us would say many years ago, a few decades ago, that this was a Christian country. And then it kind of moved towards a non-Christian or a secular country. But now what we're seeing is a shift towards an anti-Christian country, Mm. a really vastly different sentiment and undercurrent of attitude towards religion in Australia. And so I want to be really clear. I'm not trying to. This isn't a point of fear mongering. It's not something that listeners should be worried about. The reality is that we don't have any, I guess, official statement or stance on these kind of shifts. It's just something similar to in 1989 when we projected the Middle East. We're looking closely and monitoring closely mm. the changing nature of religious freedom in Western nations.
2: I guess it's a very real encouragement for those of us who are leaders you know, in the church, those of us who are active Christians in our communities, that this is the time more than ever to lean into this story of the persecuted church. And uh, Mike, on that point, any of our listeners who want to know more about this year's World Watch List can head to our website, opendoors.org.au. You'll find detailed country profiles on, on every country in the top 50. But Mike, do you have any closing thoughts for us today?
1: I always love it when you ask this question. But... For today's episode, look, I, as I sit here talking about all these things around the world watch list and changing nature of faith and the cost of faith, I'm actually reminded of a time that I was in China. And I remember the, the backstory to this is probably the most confronting prayer anyone has ever prayed over in my life. Well, it, it felt like that at the time because I just met with a brother who must 60, 70, maybe even 80 years of age, told me about growing up as a child, living under communism, but also um, walking with Jesus. Incredible stories of resilience and courage in the face of faith. And I remember talking to this brother, and as our conversation came to an end, I asked him if I could pray for him. And he says, yeah, I want you to pray that persecution never leaves China. I remember I thought, that's a strange prayer request. And so I asked him about it and he says, well, we look at the Australian church as a prophetic example of what happens when faith becomes free. Mm. He says the value of Jesus drops. I want you to pray the persecution never leaves China. I naturally followed up by asking, him, well, would you pray for me, brother? And he says, yeah, I pray you'd be persecuted. But it's only recently that the beauty of that prayer has really dawned on me because you realize, I mean, for me, I'd never really stopped to think about why people are persecuted. It seems crazy. But I never really looked at the scriptures, scriptures, looked at life. You see, every single instance of persecution, whether directed at Jesus or to his followers, back in the biblical days or 2,000 years on, is only ever linked to either a public profession of faith or a public outworking of a life devoted to faith in Jesus. The people we work with at Open Doors, if they want to stop persecution... They need only stop associating with Jesus, meeting in community, sharing the gospel publicly, but they don't, right? You see, what this brother was actually praying over my life in China was that I would be visibly, vocally, and valiantly committed to Christ. You see, I think our goal is not to flee from persecution, it's to run towards it. Because in Matthew 5 and Jesus' Sermon on the Mount— He says, blessed are the persecuted. Blessed are you when you are mocked and cursed because of my name. And he says, and don't forget, there's a great reward that awaits you. And you see, I think that's the encouragement. That in the face of changing culture, in the face of changing religious freedoms, the reality is that Gospels are true and correct. And following Jesus is among the greatest things, is the greatest thing you can do. And so it's not a job to try and avoid persecution. In fact, in some ways, I'll say to you, if you're not experiencing persecution, well, maybe Jesus can't be seen or heard in your life. So my prayer in some ways, as scary as it may sound, yeah. is that I pray that we'll be persecuted. Thanks so much for listening to us again at Open Doors Live. I hope it's been an encouragement to you. It is a privilege to have you listen to us on this podcast. We hope that you can use this content in your churches, in your schools, in your workplaces, wherever it might be, that it draws you closer to the Lord that you can support this wonderful ministry. For all the show notes, jump online to opendoors.org.au. And also, please, as I said before, if you're able to, one with them coming this Easter 2018, jump online and register because I would love to see as many people give up one day on behalf of the persecuted church. We'll see you next month. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to Open Doors Live with your hosts, Mike Gore and James Casina. Because of your support, we're able to bring the persecuted church to life. For more information, head over to opendoors.org.au.